There are many ways people listen to Vision, including DAB Plus Digital Radio. If you're in Greater Sydney, Melbourne or Brisbane and have a digital radio receiver in your car or home, you'll find Vision Christian Radio on the station list. If you're visiting one of these cities and hiring a car, there's a good chance it will have a DAB receiver and you'll be able to enjoy vision with exceptional sound quality while you drive around. If you don't already own a DAB receiver, you'll find many models, including clock radios at electronic retailers for under $100. To find out more about vision on digital radio and whether you're within the broadcast footprint, see vision.org.au slash DAB. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. not only just you telling them, it's actually a conversation. Because the parent has opened the door, the child walks through that door back into relationship when they're going through something or have questions about something. If your child were in trouble, they'd come to you and ask for help, wouldn't they? But what if they just couldn't talk about it? Our guest today is Pastor Joel Chalaya. He's the Senior Pastor of Sydney Point Church in Perth. He's written a book called The Chat that helps Christian parents to be more confident to have those conversations about sex, puberty, pornography and gender. That's Pastor Joel Chalaya, our guest today with myself, Brett Ryan, for Focus on the Family Australia. Well, welcome to the program. Hi, how you doing, mate? I'm very, very well. Now, our paths have crossed many, many years ago, uh, way back when we were both children's pastors. And now I can see you've all grown up. I haven't, but you've all grown up and as a senior pastor. And I am so thrilled that we can have this time and have this conversation. Oh, mate, it's, it's so good to be here and be able to see your face again. It has been a long, long time. Yeah, well, we're doing this via Zoom. And so the sound is a little bit different from our normal audio, but we're really pleased that you could have this time to not only hear a little bit about what's happening to you and your family, but also talk about this book, because it's so, it's such a, a big issue with parents today to know how they navigate this highly sexualized world. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when our children will be exposed to it. So we've got to be much more proactive. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit about the Joel Chalaya story. Okay, well, um, I'm married to a beautiful woman called Sharon. Uh, she's part Kiwi. I am full Malaysian, Indian, and together we have three handsome boys, uh, Levi, our eldest, Noah, and then Micah, our youngest. And, uh, yeah, they're growing up really, really quick. And uh, it's great to be at that stage where we can actually see the fruit of years of parenting and uh, encouragement and teaching of God's Word uh, actually start to show great fruit in our family. Our boys are loving Jesus with all their heart. They're planted in a local church. They're serving other people. And I just love seeing... Uh, it's all worth it, you know, after all the hard work you put yeah, in. It's very all much worth so. it when you actually see the fruit. But there are no guarantees. You can do everything right and your children will still make their own choices. And so we understand that right. some of our listeners who be here saying, well, that's what I wanted, but it didn't turn out. So it is yeah. something to be not prideful about, but it is the hard work. And so let's go to the situation. You had three young boys and you're a pastor and you're seeing different 
things that come to your attention. So what made you want to write this book called The Chat? Well, my eldest was about seven and a half years old and he started asking some pretty curly questions and uh, we wanted to be able to have the chat with him at a level that he could understand without opening up too much before he was ready for it. And so we went to the local Christian bookshop and tried to find something that didn't go too deep into how women's bodies worked and really awaken love at the inappropriate time. We didn't want to do that. Yeah. So. Uh, when I couldn't find something that I thought was perfect for a seven-and-a-half-year-old, uh, we decided that we would write something. Of course. Then know, most something. people say that. If they can't find something, they just go and write a book. <laughs> well, I was so passionate about it because I want parents, and I wanted to be a parent that would actually lay the foundation. I wanted to be the first voice rather than the the one that's correcting what he had already heard from school, etc. And so we wanted to answer the questions as soon as he had them, mm. um, rather than let someone else answer those questions for him. Yeah. So that's what we did. We wrote the book called The Chat. It was uh, supposed to be a conversation starter because it's so hard. I grew up in a family, Brett, where my parents never talked to us about sex. Uh, Indian Malaysians, we don't talk about sex. Well, I don't uh, think you have wife. to have that culture background. There'd be many people who are saying, yeah, well, that's what I had. I didn't get that conversation. Absolutely. And my wife grew up in the same sort of environment. Uh, we learned, you know, all about sex from ungodly teachers and ungodly friends. And most of the things we learned were wrong. And so I just didn't want my children to actually have those as their source of wisdom and yeah. source of resource. I wanted to be the one that they would come to. But I just didn't know how to do it. And so it's a conversation starter. It asks questions where the kids have to answer. And um, the whole goal is that it would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children back to the fathers. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, the fact is it's being more proactive. And I think you're equipping parents to be more confident, get out of their comfort zone, the awkwardness, be more confident as they speak to their kids about these issues. Because our kids, you know... We might get embarrassed about it, but our children may not necessarily be, and we need to be matter-of-fact about it. And the more comfortable we are, the more it's going to come across that, hey, it's okay. You can talk about anything and everything. Absolutely. In fact, the book's actually broken up into two parts. The first part's actually dealing with dad, you know, talking to the fathers about dealing with their own shame around sex, around sexual experiences that they've had and bringing that to the Lord, allowing God to do some healing in the dad's life first. Yeah. Because if we see sex as dirty or shameful, that's going to pass on to the next generation. And it's actually an ungodly look and perspective yeah. because sex is holy, created by God for human enjoyment and for the extension of God's kingdom. And so in that sense, I think we have to have a complete relook at ourselves before we can speak to our children about sex and deal with some of the brokenness in our own heart yeah. so that we don't pass it down to the next generation. You made the comment about for dads. So it was originally designed for dads to speak to their sons, but you're finding that people who are reading this, single mums, are finding it very helpful and just to have those conversations. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm blown away by how many single mums with young boys have purchased the book and written to us to just say thank you so much. 
Um, because it is a conversation starter and it's full of questions that the child answers. It's a make-your-own-journey kind of book, you know yeah. what I mean? Because it depends on what your child wants to talk about. and So any parent can do that with their boys and uh, hopefully open some great doors for future conversation. Mm. And that's what we found. Our boys come to us quite openly, both myself and Sharon, because from the very start, we've taken out shame and we've actually said to them, you can come to us. It's a safe place. We won't react. Yeah. And uh, that's opened up a wonderful relationship. I'm so grateful for that. And that's a really good point. You don't react. Um, we at Focus, and I often speak in this area, learn to respond, not react. When you react, you shut the conversation up. And I know this, and if Kate was here, she'd share the story that when we discovered one of our boys had been looking at pornography, she reacted and it really affected her and uh, she's sobbing and she's crying and that added another layer of shame to my one of my sons and uh, and I said you can't do that and she goes I'm not mad at him I'm mad that someone's taken away his innocence I said well he doesn't know that so you need to go and have a chat with him and she apologized for her overreaction and said, I'll never do that again. And then it opened up the conversation. It actually opened up that feeling of nothing you're going to say or ask me. I'm not going to get embarrassed about it. We're going to discover this together. So is that what you're finding, that when you're giving this the conversation starter, so to speak, is that it's allowing mums or dads to speak to their sons about their bodies, the changes that are going on, and to understand how their mind works and how their eyes, we need to be much more proactive rather than reactive. Absolutely. And it's easier said than done, Brett, to be honest with you. Um, Because after writing the book, uh, one of my children came back home from school one day, asked me to go for a walk with him. And um, he was year six. uh, And he had told me that one of the girls in the school offered him a sexual favor. And... uh, you know, as a year six, 11-year-old kid, I everything in me wanted to explode and mm. react. I didn't even know if he knew what that word meant, you know. Yeah. But the fact that he was coming to me, I didn't want that to stop. And so I had to literally, in a, in a second, close my eyes and quickly pray, Lord, help me <laughs> not to react and, you know, just go, oh, really? Yeah. I'm not that interesting. It, it, isn't, it, isn't the image of the duck? On the top of the pond, it's looking very smooth, right. but underneath it's vigorously kicking, and we have to just suppress those. And on the inside, we're freaking out, but on the outside, oh, yeah, that's um, that's a great question. I mean, let's face it, many parents, or grandparents for that matter, their experience of this conversation wasn't successful, or it didn't take place. But we need to be more active in this and, and not wait till they get a bit older, but we have to start the conversations earlier. So why do you think we need to start speaking about this earlier? All the latest stats are starting to say that young children are being exposed to pornography at that age, around seven and eight. First time they're seeing some stuff is around seven and eight. As soon as there is a curiosity, it's an opportunity for us to teach. If your kid's curious, there's an opportunity for you to teach them a godly foundation, a godly perspective to this beautiful gift from God. And so if we change our perspective and see curiosity as an opportunity, then we can actually start establishing a healthy foundation in our children toward God. 
And I think that's really important that they're actually saying that it is nothing to be shameful. And God has created this beautiful gift. And unfortunately, the world has distorted it and has actually made it very cheap, not respected, not valued, not treated with that dignity that it needs to be. And I have to say, the church in the past hasn't done this very well. And the more in my role here at Focus, we want to be able to equip churches and equip parents to know what to say, when to say things, how to say things that are going to actually help our young people develop to have a much more uh, godly approach to their own identity, their own sexuality, and then approach the other sex with much more dignity, value, and respect. Absolutely. And let's face it, our kids need us to be walking alongside them in this world. And if you're not there, and if you're not speaking, then somebody else will take your place. Yeah, very much so. Our guest today is Pastor Joel Chalaya. He's the author of the book called The Chat, and you're listening to Focus on the Family, Australia. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. Well, welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. I'm Brett Ryan, and we're speaking to Pastor Joel Chalaya, the author of The Chat, a kid's book for fathers and their sons. He's our guest this week on Focus on the Family Australia. So we spoke before the break the importance of that godly attitude or that perspective of our bodies and of sexuality. But in your experience, what are you hearing from parents who are saying, oh, I needed this book. I wish I had it a couple of months ago or a couple of years ago. What are you hearing from your experience as a pastor, but also just as a dad? Look, I think a lot of parents think they can shield their kids from the world. But kids go to school. My kids went to Christian school and the conversation at lunchtime can't be filtered by myself. They watch TV, there are ads that are come on, there's music that comes on, there's billboards and shopping centre signs that all affect the way our children think. And no matter how much we try to protect them and filter them from these influences and this stimulus, um, we can't be there all the time. And so what we can do, though, is create a resilience, teach them good foundations, help them to... Stay pure and walk purely in a world that is so sexualized. Yeah. So that's my biggest encouragement to parents. Why don't you start that when they're six and seven years old rather than wait to when they come to you with a problem? Yeah. I love you, the idea that you can't shield them all the, all the time. You wish you could, but you can't keep them in bubble wrap and they're going to be exposed. Our boys were all exposed to pornography at a Christian school when someone brought a not-so-smartphone to them and said, hey, have a look at this. And uh, so we need to actually help our kids to be counter-cultural, to be able to stand up for themselves, to stand up for their own values. And 
the rewards are so far greater as they're going into their now they're all married our boys you know they're they're really pleased that they they are disappointed that they allowed the world to enter into their worlds but it actually when they speak to their friends when pornography has taken hold because we do know the addictive or the habitual nature of pornography is so mm. rampant that it's affecting relationships it's affecting our intimacy later on in life so as best as we can we need to keep that purity and that innocence but not necessarily innocence that they we don't talk about it but to be able to explain the why this is the reason why we want to protect your eyes and your heart and your mind absolutely no that's so true man and i think start that early so that by the time their hormones kick in and you know they're really tempted physically and emotionally they've actually got a good stronghold of the Word of God and practices that are now habitual yeah. to keep them walking the path that God has for them. That's so good. What would you say to the dad or the mum who's hearing this and say, well, my kid's a good kid. They would never look at that information or they wouldn't look at those pictures. They're a good kid. What would you say to them? I'd probably agree with them. Their kid is a good kid. There's nothing bad and evil about their kid, but their kid is human. Their kid has blood running through their veins and has hormones. And so although their kids are good kids, they live in a fallen and broken world. And it's actually about protecting them and helping them protect themselves from what's going on in the world rather than labeling them as deviant or evil kids. Yeah, that's really good. You don't want to label your child and add that next layer of shame. So you mentioned to me in a previous conversation that that's the type of feedback that you're receiving about, you know, like the dad who had the chat through the book. And what happened to the child? Oh, this one really touched my heart, mate. It actually got me quite teary because uh, a pastor rang me up and said to me, I um, read the book, the chat with my son. And as they were talking, his son's eyes began to fill with tears. And he said, oh, Dad, thank you so much for telling me because I've been feeling so dirty that my mind has been thinking about these things. And the fact that you could talk to me about it, it just did something to release shame. And, of course, we know shame is such a tool of the enemy to keep people bound. And now he realized that, number one, he didn't have to live in shame because he had natural temptations. And, number two, that he had his dad there with him to walk through every valley. And so it just really touched my heart to hear that testimony. Oh, very much so. Because we do know, and I was... I mean, I've spoken about this topic numerous times in schools or in church youth groups, and it's a very common thing. And, and kids are thinking they're the only ones. And, and it's not just boys who are looking at this. It's also girls. I mean, I, I've spoken right. numerous times, and I mention that and give the statistics. And uh, I have you know, a couple of young ladies come and speak to me afterwards and saying, I thought I was the only one. I didn't know that this is a, a common thing. And so... It's not just for young people, it's also for older people. So, I mean, this is great that we're having the chat and you've written this book and it's beautifully illustrated, lots of fun, and makes it very, uh, I have to say, comfortable for children to read this with their parents. Absolutely. 
Uh, look, the, the other thing is, it's not even just completely about porn. It's sort of talking about puberty. It's talking about the changes in their body. Questions that boys ask about their own body when they compare their body with somebody else. And so, you know, it opens up all these conversations also about how we treat girls, how we treat the opposite sex, what God's plan is for marriage. Um, and it, there are so many contrary messages being pumped into our children's yeah. minds right now that we need to actually start discussing this at a young age so that their worldview is biblical. So that when something comes in that isn't biblical, they can actually stand up and say, I don't believe that. That's not what we believe as a family. Yeah, very much so. And I love the the theology, the foundation that you're speaking into. Um, Help us understand a little bit more about what type of verses you've shared in the book or just the discussions. Because we talk about having a a biblical worldview, but sometimes people go, "What what does that mean? Yeah, look, obviously we're talking about biblical view on marriage, that marriage is between a man and a woman, um, that God's plan is that for families, that God's plan is that we would keep our hearts pure with what we watch. And those sort of things, it's not actually written out in the form of scriptures because we do know that a lot of non-Christians are reading the book. However, it is purely from a biblical worldview. And so that's why a lot of bookstores have actually kicked out the book. So we've had a lot of bookstores pull the books off their shelves because what we're teaching, that God's view of marriage is between a man and a woman is seen as hateful and homophobic, and yet that's not the tone or the sentiment. It's just based on what the Word of God says because God's creation has a perfect way of an order, and if we do it that way, we see the full blessing of God on yeah. it. But unfortunately, yeah, a lot of lot of bookstores who love the book just say because of that section in the book they can't promote it or sell it. But we're not willing to take it out either. No, and I love that having no compromise. The mm. fact is that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and our bodies are amazing. They're extraordinary, and God has created us. And the way that we think, and, you know, f- for boys, much more visually orientated, uh, whereas girls tend to be much more emotionally connected. And so to have our young people understand more about their bodies and the physiological changes, but also what's happening up in their thinker-upper, we're knowing that it's underdeveloped or under construction, I would often say, Um <laughs> And to get on the ground floor and the foundations to understand that our children need to have a greater appreciation of this gift that they have and how they can utilize it to set them up for success, not only now, but into their future. Absolutely. Now, finally, in in closing remarks, what's the one thing that you'd probably say to parents who are thinking, oh, boy, I, I need to have this conversation. What do I do? Or how do I go about it? How do I start? Look, I honestly think if your child is starting to show signs of curiosity or if they're around seven, seven and a half years old, don't wait, don't wait. Because it's a question and answer kind of book, they're giving the answers. They'll be able to tell you how much they know as well as how much they need to know from their answers. So it's not always just you telling them. It's actually a conversation. Conversations are healthy. 
conversations promote relationships. And what I've found is often when parents have this conversation with their child, their child might just sit there and respond just with a few words, but it's a few days later, a few weeks later, a few months later, and even a few years later, that because the parent has opened the door, the child walks through that door back into relationship when they're going through something yeah. or have questions about something. Yeah. And so my encouragement is it may not be a full conversation at the very start, but because you're taking a proactive step, you can expect them to come back to you in the future. Yeah, very much so. And and that's that thing. It is an ongoing conversation. It's never one off. People think, well, I had the chat, you know. It's not just one chat, it's an ongoing because the children are maturing, they're developing, they're going to be more curious on different things, their body is changing so dramatically and the levels of hormones, their chemistry set in their brain, what they might take in now will be forgotten and then they have to have it reminded to them a bit later on. Absolutely. The other thing we promote is that when you have the chat, dads, make sure you make it a huge occasion. So, you know, I encourage the dads to find out what their kids like doing, what they like eating, go to that special place, eat that special food, make it a memory, buy a gift, you know, that sort of stuff, and make it such a positive, healthy memory so that the next time the sexual topics come up and they want to talk about it, they will always remember the good emotions, the good moments, and come back to dad and have more of that conversation. That's so very good. Well, thank you so much for being obedient to write the book in the first place and to be such a blessing to so many people across this great nation and possibly across the world because we all need to have the chat at a much earlier age. So help our young people be the very best they possibly can be. Thank you so much, Brett. I really appreciate this time. It Honestly, it was wonderful to be able to speak to you again. And, and uh, thank you for being such an encouragement to us. Oh, you're more than welcome. Our guest today was Pastor Joel Chalaya. He was the author of a book called The Chat. And if you'd like to find out more about this, you can go to his website at thechatkidsbook.com. And Focus on the Family Australia is all about helping families to thrive. We have numerous free resources, articles and videos on not only on the topic of sexuality, but on many other aspects of family life. And if you'd like to find out more on marriage, parenting and life's issues, you can go to our website at families.org.au. And all these free resources are only made available because of our financial support and prayers of churches, businesses and individuals that have a heart for families. We thank those that do that on a regular basis. And if you have a heart for extending God's kingdom, we'd like to invite you to consider partnering with us and to pray for us and give to us financially. You can go to families.org.au so we can help more Australian families thrive in Christ. And thanks for listening. I'm Brett Ryan on behalf of the team here at Focus. And if you'd like to tune in again for another episode of Focus on the Family, Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 